0: Welcome to Sparrow Speaks, the podcast with the latest health news and information from Sparrow, Mid-Michigan's premier community healthcare leader. I'm your host, Deborah Howell, and today we'll be talking about AFib and trying to understand what an irregular heartbeat means. Our guest is Dr. Ali Sheikh, an electrophysiologist physician here at the Sparrow Thoracic Cardiovascular Institute, or TCI. Welcome, Dr. Sheikh. Thank you, Deborah. Let's jump right in. What is atrial fibrillation or AFib?
1: Atrial fibrillation is a most common heart than problem in the United States. It typically originates from the left upper chamber of the heart.
0: And what are the symptoms of atrial fibrillation?
1: Well, the symptoms of AFib could be quite variable. It could be anywhere from having no symptoms, and it's sometimes picked up incidentally by doing a routine primary care visit to something as severe as having chest pain, lightheadedness, irregular beating inside the chest that could require an emergency room visit.
0: Now, do we know what causes atrial fibrillation?
1: Atrial fibrillation primarily occurs in aging hearts, and therefore, the chances of having AFib increases over the age of 50. In fact, 10% of humans can have atrial fibrillation over the age of 80. But it's been identified that usually anything that triggers adrenaline, for example, can trigger atrial fibrillation. Usually, there's disruption of some electrical fibers in an area of the heart called the pulmonary veins, which is where the heart and lungs are making a connection with each other. And people that are admitted to the hospital, for example, we quite commonly find atrial fibrillation. And so acute illness or sickness with some sort of an infection, heart surgery, stroke, for example, these are certain scenarios where we pick up atrial fibrillation in the hospital as well.
0: I see. And how can one know if they have AFib?
1: These days, we actually have a lot of fancy new heart-monitoring gadgets out that we use on our day-to-day basis, so sometimes they can detect irregular heart beating and may automatically tell you that you have atrial fibrillation. You should seek an opinion from a physician, and that's usually in those scenarios where people don't have symptoms, but if you do have palpitations or feeling of an irregular heartbeat, lightheadedness, or some of the symptoms we discussed before. That would be a good time for you to at least see a physician and get an EKG to see what the rhythm is.
0: Now, do we know, is there
1: a cure? There's no definite cure per se for atrial fibrillation, but there are medications and certain procedure called an AFib ablation that could eliminate AFib for a number of years and improve your quality of life. So there are certain interventions we could do, but unfortunately we don't have a cure for this rhythm at this point.
0: Okay, so what's the concern when someone is in AF?
1: So although AF is not a lethal rhythm, but it does put people at risk of developing clots in the heart, which can result in a stroke. In fact, 40% of the strokes that are of unknown reason are eventually found to be because of atrial fibrillation with long-term monitoring. So stroke is a primary concern with atrial fibrillation, and your doctor can determine what are your risk of stroke if you have atrial fibrillation. The other concerns are, especially if you don't have much awareness of AFib, AFib tends to drive the heart fast, sometimes as fast as 200 beats per minute, and that can, over time, cause weakening of the heart muscle, something called cardiomyopathy, and that could itself result in more problems down the line. So that's the reason why if there is an irregular rhythm that raises suspicion for atrial fibrillation, it should be confirmed and appropriately treated. Got it.
0: Now, how can AF be treated or managed?
1: There are a couple of aspects of treatment for atrial fibrillation, as mentioned, that you know, there's a risk of stroke with AFib. So the primary importance here would be to get you on a blood thinner to reduce that risk of stroke. And then second would be to control the heart rate and atrial fibrillation so that it does not drive the lower chambers of the heart inefficient and fast. So there are certain medications we can use that can slow down the heart rate, even when you are in atrial fibrillation, to protect the heart. And then, especially if there's a a lot of symptoms associated with atrial fibrillation, like palpitations, dizziness, lightheadedness, or AFib that comes in the way of treating other medical problems, then we can also consider the ablation procedure, where we specifically go after those irritable areas of the heart that trigger atrial fibrillation.
0: Let's talk about this procedure. What is an ablation?
1: Ablation means to cauterize or specifically go after the triggers inside the heart that result in atrial fibrillations. As I was mentioning previously, that the region of the heart called pulmonary veins is where the lungs are bringing the blood back into the heart. and Usually, that area where the lungs and the heart make a transition called pulmonary veins is the most common location where AFib comes from. Now, as I mentioned to you previously, that AFib is usually a problem in aging hearts, but this could sometimes happen in children and teenagers and people in their 20s and 30s where they just have an irritable portion of the heart that also triggers atrial fibrillation. So the idea behind an ablation is that you go in from the leg all the way up into the heart using x-rays and ultrasounds to guide your catheters and navigate your way into the heart and then find these irritable triggers that result in atrial fibrillation and basically they're freeze those areas or do a controlled burn in that area to suppress them. And so the ablation basically attempts to create a scar in the heart around these trigger fibers of the heart and basically control atrial fibrillation for the longest term.
0: Now, Dr. Sheikh, does a pacemaker have any role in AF?
1: Occasionally we have to use a pacemaker. And so pacemakers are primarily used for slow heartbeat, but for atrial fibrillation, which is usually a problem of very fast heartbeat, the pacemaker may not play a role. However, you know, especially in people that may have other heart conduction system slowing or because of aging or medications, etc., pacemaker can support a slow heart rate while we're trying to control the AFib when it does go fast. So in small number of patients, pacemaker may help.
0: And what is a cardioversion?
1: Well, cardioversion is basically kind of resetting of the heart. It's not a permanent solution to atrial fibrillation, but if someone is in atrial fibrillation and we're having a hard time either controlling with medications, then we could put the patient to sleep with anesthesia and give a small shock to the heart that resets the heart. An analogy that I typically use is, you know, if your TV or computer screen is glitching. You may decide to unplug and replug it in, and the glitch may go away for some time, but you have not cured the problem that resulted in the glitch. So if it is kind of similar. When you do the cardioversion, you reset the heart, but then it would be, unfortunately, a matter of time before it comes back, and that's why you have to find a little more definitive therapies like an ablation, as we discussed previously.
0: Sure. Now, does this mean if you have AF, you have it for life?
1: For some patients, it does. If it is related to aging of the heart, then the ablation can put a lid on it, if you may want to say, for some time, for hopefully a number of years, until it comes back as the aging of the heart continues. For some of the younger patients that have some irritable area of the heart that triggers AFib, and once we take care of the trigger, then the AFib might be potentially cured. It is, for most patients, a lifetime diagnosis, but for some it may not be.
0: And I'm wondering, is there any way we can avoid getting AF?
1: Well, primarily, it's lifestyle modification. You know, for all of us, we need to eat healthy, exercise regularly. If you are overweight or obese, then that could itself be a trigger for atrial fibrillation. So in those scenarios, there's been clinical studies that have shown that 10% of body weight loss can reduce the amount of atrial fibrillation. And some patients may have sleep apnea, which would be picked up as someone who snores at night and sleeps frequently during the day to make up for inefficient sleep at nighttime. So all those things in combination can trigger atrial fibrillation. So if you get diagnosed and treated for sleep apnea, you lose the weight, live a healthier lifestyle, then you can reduce your chances of developing atrial fibrillation as you age.
0: Great. Well, Dr. Sheikh, we so appreciate your time and everything you do. Thanks so much for being with us today.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: To learn more about the Sparrow Thoracic Cardiovascular Institute, visit sparrow.org slash TCI. And be sure to subscribe to Sparrow Speaks in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts for our additional healthcare topics. I'm your host, Deborah Howell. Thanks for listening and have yourself a great day.